You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the star-spangled man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, sprinkle some pixie dust around, and prepare to fly away with us to Neverland. And I didn't come alone because guess who's with me? Sounder time! Eric, hey, it's me! Eric, 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 Eric Warren. Eric Warren. And I did do the little dance with that. I had to. <laughs> hey there, how's it going? <laughs> It's well, actually, I'm feeling better today than I have all week. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And hey, it is a great day to be in Neverland today. What yes. did you say? It's Palm Sunday. Hooray! Yes. So, yes, we have to enjoy that. I have a new used car after a lengthy time at the dealership yesterday, so I'm almost back to work, but now I have to pay sales tax. So, <laughs> oh. But if anyone has seen, like, on my regular Facebook page, it has not been a good week after a car accident that I had had, and we've been trying to get things going and get my life back to normal, and I tell you what, I've learned insurance companies are never really looking out for the person that you hit, because this insurance company did not treat me very well, I think, but they're apparently only doing what's legal. So I really needed a trip to Neverland today to get my sanity back. So well, Thank goodness we don't have any insurance adjusters in Neverland. Uh, well, we could use – we need some good insurance adjusters. I bet we could get some insurance adjusters that wouldn't wreck us. But anyways, I don't want to talk about negative stuff. We want to take that pixie out of our pocket, sprinkle some pixie dust around, grab happy thoughts, and take flight. And I certainly did. Like I said, this is – this is we're going to have some fun today because I, I really need to have some fun. And I so – I've got stuff coming up. I mean, Planet Comic Con is coming up here oh, in yes. Kansas City. And so on April 29th. We've got two panels. Well, I'm in two panels. You're you're going to be in one of them. So we're going to have yep. one. We're going to talk about Kansas in Kansas City. Walt Disney spent some time here, lived here for a while, built a studio. We're going to have a whole panel about it. And I do plan on having a prize for a little contest, a little game we're going to play. Oh. I have a Blu-ray digital and DVD copy of Tarzan. Woohoo! So, yes, a great giveaway. Uh, also, later on that day, if you stick around late into the convention, uh, me and Aaron Rittmaster, I believe that's how you say his name, from Diz Dads, which also records, actually, in the Kansas City area. He's in Overland Park. Uh, we're going to be teaming up and teach people how to podcast, which I will now have to tell people about voice meter, which I've now learned to use. And so we're actually doing things differently the way we record. This is almost going to be like doing it live radio style because I finally I've got like a good virtual mixer I'm using right now. So. Uh, hopefully everything's going to work smoothly and everything sounded wait, really good. Wait, wait, wait. You said live radio style? I am just getting in a uh, broadcast from the East Coast. It says that the Martians have landed. Uh-oh. Are they in uh, Gowersfield? I don't know. It sounds an awful lot like uh, Citizen Kane talking, though. Oh, my. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I actually... Uh, this this would be a sidetrack comment because I, when Eric and I were talking, I was showing us some projects I've been doing at school. But actually, I did a project where we did a little um, a soundscape, and I actually played around with some clips from the old World of Worlds with some music clips and stuff conveniently, which if I'd have thought about it, I'd play it right now, but I didn't know we were going. <laughs> okay. Well, we've chased hey, that hey. rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're here to have fun wherever the conversation takes us. Wherever it goes. And, and you know where there is some definitely going to be some fun? Well, I guess you'd figure I was hoping oh, you'd see on, on screen. Me. Yeah, because <laughs> you'd probably see on screen what's coming up next, right? <laughs> we can definitely find some fun at the Disney parks. That's right. Ten points if you know where that music's from. 
80s video games fans, you can recognize this music every week. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Whoops. <laughs> I actually almost restarted it there. Live radio, folks. Live radio. Uh, but, uh, oh, one thing I want to throw in there for some news is th- this is a limited time only unless I get a chance to uh, extend it. But uh, if, you're, if you look at your, your iPhone, your Android, your computer, whatever you're, you're listening on, and you see this nice new symbol we've had for season four with the kind of a, kind of the Disney castle and it says the Neverland podcast and it's got the Wi-Fi and it's, you know, you can get a shirt like this. Now, normally, I have to do it through my shop and it's like over $20 but I found uh, another website called Bonfire that I'm able to sell these for $14.99 uh, oh but wow it, yeah it's only going to be through I think like through like the maybe the next to last week of April but I, I think I can extend it I'll have to look, to look to it when we get a little closer to the campaign now how this works so this is supposed to be like a fundraiser type of thing so uh, we have to sell at least 11 shirts before any shirts get printed so uh, we, I've got links there. It's going to be in the show notes. It's also at NeverlandPodcast.com. I have a link. You can go and order yourself a shirt. You can pick from, I think I got five different colors that I thought looked really good with the logo. So if you like the kind of nice royal blue that I kind of use here or you want a black shirt, uh, I forgot what color's on there. But go and, and choose a color you like and get yourself a shirt. Uh, this is a good time to come and support the show. I get about $5 out of each of these shirts, and it does help out. And believe me, I can use it right now. So And plus, it's great. You can get a shirt, but we need to sell at least 11 or none of the shirts get printed and then nobody gets one of these shirts and then you have to rely upon that silly shop where I have to I feel like I have to overcharge y'all for anyone who goes to the shop to buy a shirt but you know it's it's good so I wanted to get that out there that we do have some shirts available and I'm excited to be able to sell them and yeah I've placed my order and I really want to get my shirt so everybody else has to order one too so all right unfortunately they will not be uh, uh, arriving in time from planet comic-con i was hoping to be able to wear one to planet comic-con this year but that's okay i can wear a different shirt i actually philip got me a really cool shirt that i'll anyone coming to planet comic-con you'll get to see that shirt but i'm not going to tell anybody what the shirt is so <laughs> and and here i thought i'd wear my neverland podcast shirt to yes planet comic-con definitely wear that one but and i have that shirt but i also have a new one that philip saw and said it was definitely me and it is very related to the podcast We'll just All say right. that. It'll be a very cool shirt. Eric, we'll get to see it. And you will, too, if you come to Planet Comic Con and come and check us out in the panel. Because we want to meet you. It'll be great. So, But, all right. So we were supposed to talk of some Disney news. So, <laughs> the first thing is that they actually announced the dates for Mickey's Not So Scary and Very Merry Christmas Parties. Hooray! Yay! All righty. So, get your pen and pencil out. Because <laughs> there's a list. <laughs> So, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. There's 32 total dates starting in August. August, yes. Quite early this year. August 25th and 29th. And I'm sure you can meet Ricky Bergani if you're there August 25th, because I know he's going to be there as quick as he can, probably. Actually, I guess he's (laughs) going to be more interested in uh, over at Universal doing the the big things over there. But uh, in September, we got the first 7, 10, 12, 15, 17, 19, 22, 24, 26, 29. Do I really need to read all these dates? We'll just say it's going to be every weekend in September, pretty much. And Uh, in October, just about every other day. Yes, and it will it will definitely pick up. To, yeah, I guess it goes through the entire month pretty much every other day. And they're even going to have one on November the 1st. Dia de los muertos. There you go. Right in time for Coco. There you go. Uh-huh. See, they're they're smart that way. And, of course, the Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular Stage Show is going to go on in, in front of the Cinderella Castle with the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. You're going to have the Mickey's Boo to You Halloween Parade and, of course, Happy Hollow Wishes. Pretty much a lot of the same stuff, but if you love it, then you love it and you're going to have a ball. I've never mm-hmm. been, and I bet I would love it, so I would go if I could. But how about a very Merry Christmas? We'll let Eric talk about that one. Yeah, that's going to uh, have 21 dates as well. This is coming up uh, beginning on November 9th, uh, as well as uh, throughout the month of December. They're going to have uh, returning favorites, such as the Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade, Holiday Wishes, a Frozen Holiday Wish. I would think one would be frozen during the holidays. Anyhow, Probably. and Mickey's Most Merriest Celebration. Now, uh, 
we know that uh, this isn't everything. They say that there are still going to be updates. And again, these uh, both of these events, the Night So Scary and the Very Merry Christmas Party, this applies to Walt Disney World and the Magic Kingdom. So we've yet to find out what the plans are for Disneyland this year, but we'll certainly let you know once we find out. Oh, yes. And I will wish I was there. <laughs> And you might wish you were over at Disney's Animal Kingdom on May 27th, because as you probably know, that is opening day for the World of Pandora from the Avatar film, which I haven't seen. Oh, I actually did come across one person this week that said that they liked that movie. So there are fans out there somewhere. <laughs> so, But there was this really cool video that was uh, put out on the Disney's YouTube channel, Disney Parks. And also, it's on the Disney Parks blog. And I just want to play some of the audio because they talk about some of the details of it. Today, we have a very special segment for all of you. We'll be sharing with you the insights of the collaboration of bringing the world of Pandora to life. This project is similar to all of our projects. Collaboration is key. But working with the team from Lightstorm has been amazing. I mean, it starts with truly, you got James Cameron, who's this groundbreaking filmmaker, an incredible storyteller, who believes in the same thing that we do. Creativity, technology, innovation, all that's in the core of what they do. My first thought when I heard we're bringing Avatar to Disney's Animal Kingdom was, that's a game changer. It's really gonna redefine the experience that we give our guests here. One of the really exciting things for Jim Cameron and myself was the idea that we were gonna build our land at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Because the same idea that we try to do in our films, which is to relate everything to Earth and to challenge people to open their eyes and to understand that their actions have an implication and, and, and an effect on people around them and the world around them. That's what Disney's Animal Kingdom does. It's a really remarkable collaboration between Walt Disney Imagineering on one side and Lightstorm Entertainment on the other. There's a lot of crossover in knowledge base and skill, but there's a lot of exceptional skills on both sides. When we put this team together, we've been able to create a kind of super team with extraordinary abilities to approach the job of getting Pandora done. I think if I had been with any other partner, there would have been a real worry. There's a, there's a fundamental, I think, belief that Disney are going to do it right. And so to have them as partners, and I know Jim felt the same way, was to have, a, have our world realized in this, in this manner. It just it gives you a great confidence. To not have to put a camera between you and the world and be able to walk into it, that, that to me is the ultimate reality. You know, I think Avatar is synonymous with the use of technology to tell stories. Disney's Imagineers have embraced that in building the land. And they are bringing new technologies to bear to create new experiences for guests that are going to be more immersive and really more amazing than ever before. For example, the pre-visualization technology for the big ride is, is strongly influenced by Lightstorm's pre-visualization technologies. So we go to their giant soundstage and we're using their technology where we actually hold these little banshees, like little 10-year-old kids playing with toys, and we're flying them around, basically doing the flight path that the guests are going to go to. And they're recording it on, I don't know what kind of like giant motion capture system, but it's pretty incredible. One of the goals of Avatar was to have them experience the bioluminescence of Pandora and the land is basically going to come up to life. Basically as the sun goes down you'll start to see bioluminescent in the forest and on the mountains and it's going to be like I've been in Animal Kingdom Avatar in the morning and the day but I've got to go back at night because it's a completely different experience. So we're setting our land in the future and we're inviting people to come there thanks to Alpha Centauri expeditions. This is all part of our storytelling. Every place the guests will interact will be a story to it. Nothing will be without a purpose. And as we say in films, films can be a great metaphor for the world in which we live. Thanks to the storytelling that Disney's putting in to Pandora here, the land itself will be a metaphor for the world in which we live. So, uh, you know, part of the highlights of watching that video is Joe Rohde's earring. <laughs> Because I, I swear, I mean, you, and you look at his one ear, it is it is stretched so far out that, I mean, he can never not wear that earring because people will wonder why he's got one ear hanging down to his, his shoulder and the other one looks pretty normal. So I, I, can't, I can't imagine how he wears that all the time, but I, I don't imagine he could ever take it off now. 
Oh, can he toss him over the shoulder like a continental soldier? I bet he could. I bet he could. Uh, oh, something else going on this week. This isn't quite in the parks. Star Wars Celebration. Yes, yes. And I still can't As, go into somewhere in Orlando and stuff. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going either. But, you know, this is looking to be a big event this year. Of course, we've got uh, The Last Jedi, you know, who knows what they're going to show? Hopefully, we can get a trailer. You know, maybe we can get some more Star Wars Land news out of this. Um, I know it's the first time Hayden Christensen's coming back to a uh, Star Wars celebration event, um, and they've been hyping the big first uh, forty years of Star Wars panel that's going to happen this Thursday morning, I believe. It's at, oh, I'm not sure what time it is, but they've been saying you're going to want to watch this. Uh, Star Wars is going to have uh, the panels online so that we can follow along and, and be there, even if we can't be there in person. Yeah, some YouTube streaming will be in order. That's pretty much how I got through last year. I just streamed everything I could, <laughs> shared what I could on the podcast the following week, and we're hoping for maybe a new Last Jedi trailer. Maybe we'll get a little bit more about Star Wars land, and maybe some people exactly. will actually remember that my 40th birthday is actually the day after Star Wars came out but no one will remember that I get, i'm turning 40 this year at all it's gone which uh i actually do have some ideas for uh, some a uh, special neverland podcast show which i won't tell you because well i'm gonna tell eric but i'm not telling you because you're listening in <laughs> eric and i are trying to have a conversation you always listening in what is with that oh wait a minute never mind i'm sorry was that inner thoughts coming out no <laughs> okay and, you know, we we got to bring the funny to Neverland, right? <laughs> that we do. That we do. All right. So there has been uh, – it's it's sort of a massive online role-playing game uh, to a degree uh, on the PC for years. I think since about 2013 there's been a Marvel Heroes game. And they've eventually they've, – now they call it like Marvel Heroes 2016. Well, they have just recently announced that on the Xbox One and the PS4 – uh, we're about to get a version on the console. I, I don't know if it'll if I can use the same account I have for the PC version, although I've barely dabbled on the PC version. I think maybe it'll be a, it might be more fun for me on a console than on a PC. But uh, they put this little announcement trailer out, and I'll just play some audio over that for you real quick. What fools these mortals be? Loki's word will soon be law. I am power. You will kneel before me. Just you and me, one-on-one. -on -one. What do you say? I am losing my patience. On behalf of the galaxy, I'm calling you out. Where shall I start? So it says, coming soon, PlayStation 4, also Xbox One. From this point, you're going to hear just a lot of stuff blowing up. Never return here. Now they're calling it Marvel Heroes Omega. It might be completely separate, but it looks to be that's the same game that's on the PC. But now it's going to be uh, sometime this spring. There has not been a release date mentioned for it, but this spring it will be on your PS4 and Xbox One. And I, if I if I can use the same account, I guess it'll be easy. So I'll probably you'll you'll have to look for Glue Band seventy seven on the PS four if you want to play with me because I will probably find some time to play it because it's free. But I, I guarantee if you want to get some of those high quality Marvel characters, like if I want to play a Spider Man, I bet they'll find a way to make it cost me money to unlock him. Oh yes. <laughs> so they'll make their money back. And I'm going to let oh, you yes. talk about this one before I hit the button because this is your buddy working on this one. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, as uh, I know we've reported in the past, uh, we we certainly miss uh, Avalanche Studios, who created Disney Infinity, as well as uh, the Cars 2 video game, the Toy Story 3 video game, uh, and a few others back there. Well, uh, while Disney closed their offices, uh, they're actually now a part of Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, uh, and they've got a uh, pact set up now with Disney Consumer Products, and they are developing a brand new game for Cars 3. Yay! Shall we take a look at it? Yes. What does it mean to be a champion? It's more than just being the first to finish. It's 
searching that extra mile when you're running on fumes. It's overcoming any obstacles your rivals throw at you. There's a champion in all of us. Every turn is your opportunity. Any opening could be your moment. This could be the race. Where true champions rise. Cars 3, Driven to Win. Uh, it's going to be, it's available for pre-order right now, but it's PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, and of course the Nintendo Switch. Uh, now, I played the first Cars game. I remember renting it, and I had some fun with it. Uh, I, it was difficult. I'm not good at racing games. Uh, the Cars 2, I never played, but this one, uh, it looks a lot more like Disney Infinity and actually has mm-hmm. a little bit of a Mario Kart feel to uh, what they showed us here. Oh, yeah, and, and that was very much the case with uh, the Cars 2 video game as well. Um, it's certainly going to have uh, its own set of uh, equipment and weapons and defensive things that uh, you're going to be able to use in a multi- multiplayer game. Uh, and if they take some of the elements from the uh, Cars 2 video game and even from Disney Infinity, you're going to be able to uh, have brawls. Uh, not necessarily a racetrack, but different brawls and uh, attacks that you can have uh, within a group within a specific area. So, you know, they did they did a lot of work and uh, had a lot of fun with the original Cars 2 game. Uh, certainly with what everything that they put together for Disney Infinity, um, this is only going to, you know, take what they've learned and make it even better. And this is a group of people that uh, John Lasseter was, you know, very highly complimentary of uh, prior to to Avalanche getting the contract to work on uh, Pixar games, um, they were much in a situation like they are now, where they're farmed out and licensed to other studios. Well, Pixar's leadership has confidence in the team at Avalanche, who has already done so much work on these games. Uh, I know that what they're working on right now is going to be spectacular. Yep, so I'll be excited for that one. That's a long list of games that I still want to get. Like, there's a new Spider-Man game coming out that I want to get, and Yep, all these games that I just don't have the money for, but this is on the list. I want to check it out because I'm I'm actually excited for this movie. And I do want to oh, remind yes. everybody, May 24th in the Kansas City area at Union Station, it'll be on a Wednesday, but you can meet life-size versions of Lightning McQueen and some of the other characters from Cars 3 and this big Cars tour that's going on. And if you go to Oh My Disney, you should be able to find details to see when it's coming into your town so you can go and check it out and get yourself some good photos and have a great time because it's, you know, even if you're just a minor Cars fan, like, well, it was okay and the second one was all right. You're going to have fun at this because it's a Disney event. So definitely mark your calendars and go. I'm planning on it. So Oh, yeah. It's, it's a little bit of Radiator Springs coming to your town. Exactly. But now we have some uh, sad news, unfortunately. At the age of 90, actor, comedian, really, insult comic, Don Rickles has passed away this week. And Disney fans are going to know him best for being Mr. Potato Head in the Toy Story franchise. And from what uh, I've been seeing, uh, it, he may not have recorded his lines yet for, for uh, Toy Story 4. Uh, so I don't know who you get to fill in for him because really when Jim Varney passed and wasn't going to be Slinky Dog, I was worried how do you ever you know bring back the same charm of you know Ernest P. Worrell in a Slinky Dog. So I, I don't know how that's going to end up work, but uh, I've got a video I found here of from the D23 Expo 2013. I want to play the audio. It's uh, it's a few outtakes from Don Rickles recording uh, some of Mr. Potato Head's line as he's outside of Toy Story Mania. So let's take a listen. Uh, and he was he was really a kick. He, he came right to Imagineering. Here he I'll never forget. He pulled out in front of Imagineering, and it was my job to go out and meet him and get in the limousine and drive around. So I walked out the front door, and the window went down the limo. And his face, he said, get in. We've <laughs> <laughs> been great friends ever since, but out of 33 hours, we got some, we got some outtakes. There we go. Okay. How about you, sir? Yes, you. In the Hawaiian shirt. What are you, a fire eater? How about you? That's, that's Rickles. That's, that's, that's all Rickles. <laughs> The next 20 pages, you gotta get a dead mummy and just sit here. Guess you 
you in the Hawaiian shirt. Get yourself a pineapple and a stick and get out of here. Yes, you. I had to laugh at that one. Once in a while, I, I make me laugh. I love that pineapple and a stick. <laughs> Really? Okay, great. This last time I went home and I couldn't pop up and supply it off like that. I said, I'm two potatoes, seven potatoes, six potatoes, four. She says, Why aren't you doing because of you? No, one potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, six, six potatoes, seven potatoes. I think that's funny. Hey, you got in a boat, did you think that's funny? <laughs> They're like robots. They don't know what you think it's funny, John? Especially you, sir. What'd you do? Mug a box of crayons? The kids are gonna be staring at this. I'm laughing at this stuff. I think it's funny. I don't want to be in the park when you're staring at this. Stop right behind the tree and say, it's Rob. He's the one that kept saying the vial in the tree. <laughs> I'm laughing at this fucking movie. <laughs> You're a funny guy. Jeff do stand up? You got, you got a good delivery, he does. I like it better than Captain, I really do. So there's Don so yeah, we're definitely all going to miss Don Rickles as an insult comic, and uh, his version of being an insult comic, uh, I think, is different than some of the modern insult comics. Is that he he managed to work clean anytime ever. Of course, I didn't see his act other than on television. He used to pop up, I think, on some television shows in the eighties, and mm-hmm. like on Johnny Carson and everything. And you know, he he would he was good natured about his insults, and uh, I I think that's kind of lost when you have like the now you have the the quote unquote queen of mean this Lisa Lampanelli who. Uh, uh, you better not take your kids to that show. <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll say that much. Uh, do you, how about you? Do you have some other memories of Don Rickles from before? You know, um, it's it's uh, not the best of movies, but uh, I really enjoyed his turn as uh, one half of a two-headed dragon in Quest for Camelot. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's actually it's not a bad movie. Uh, wasn't he teamed with like Eric Idle on that? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's that's actually kind of a fun movie. I can give some credit for that. So, yeah. Uh, but, uh, we're, of course, we're always going to remember him. He's, he's going to last forever over at Midway Mania, and he's got a little song over there. Uh, so we're going to have to take a little ride in at Disney Park. Let's take a ride at a Disney Park. Let's take a ride right now. Boom, boom. This game is so insania. Everybody, I said, everybody's playing. Everybody's saying, you will be the same once you play this game. Midway mania. How can I make it any plainier? So come on, pal, and step right up. Make some noise. Time to play along with all the toys. You know your life will never be mundania when you play Midway Mania. Get any plainier. So come on, pal, and step right up. Make some noise. Time to play along with all the toys. You know your life will never be mundania when you play Midway Mania.
Disney and Beyond. All righty. So July 14th in, in Hall D23, during the D23 Expo, this is going to take place at about 10 a.m. We're going to have the Disney Legends Award Ceremony and, of course, hosted by Disney Chairman and CEO Bob Iger. And this week, they have announced the nine recipients of the Disney Legends Award. And Eric's just nodding at me. Yep. <laughs> just shaking my head. Shaking yes, my head and, it's, uh, <laughs> and quite the lineup that they have this year. Oh, yes. Uh, so I, I wanted to talk a bit about some of these people who are legends, and definitely some of them truly deserve to be legends, and I'm very excited for them to be inducted, even if some of them are, are, are post-mortem. Uh, and speaking of post-mortem, uh, first inductee that they had on the list uh, is Carrie Fisher, who originally, you know, you wouldn't have considered her to be someone who's ever going to land inside of a Disney uh, type of thing, you know, because she hadn't done anything for Disney until suddenly Disney buys LucasArts. And now you've got a collection of Star Wars movies featuring Carrie Fisher and even new movies, you know, the Star Wars The Force Awakens. And I believe that we will be seeing her in The Last Jedi as well. I'm not sure what they're going to do with the, with uh, Princess Leia, but, you know, we do get to see Carrie Fisher in there. So she's now become part of the Disney family. Yes, and it, it was even announced this week that uh, the Fisher family has gone ahead and allowed the use of her, uh, anything that's been filmed of her, to be used in Episode Nine. So, you know, she'll still be a part of the Star Wars legacy, right. uh, even beyond The Last Jedi. Awesome. So we still get to see her. So Princess Leia will be there. And I'm sure they can do quite a few tricks because, you know, with what they were able to do with Rogue One, of being able to bring back some characters as the way they appeared, you know, back uh, in in episode four uh, and even recreating Tarkin, you know. So we'll get to see Princess Leia again. That's very exciting. I'm glad that the Fisher estate has allowed for that. Yep, and and it is going to be actual footage that's been filmed. They're not going to be doing any CGI with the character. So awesome. uh, again, it'll be interesting to see uh, how how they can utilize this and continue yeah. the story forward. I don't know if she'll uh, be able to speak or anything, but we'll see her. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, and maybe they can find some bits of of dialogue that they can put together something and. Who knows? Because I think that's how they got her to say hope in Rogue One is uh, to, you know, because it sounded exactly like you're our only hope. So like, mm-hmm. hey, look, we got the we got the one word we need. Well, and, and I know that she was quite surprised to see Princess Leia. Uh, the, um, spoilers <laughs> uh, to see Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One. Uh, she thought that it was a take that had been filmed back in uh, the 70s. <laughs> Yeah, it looked amazing, uh, and the I did. There's a little bit of special features about recreating her. Uh, I found a really good interview actually on YouTube that somebody had made of interviewing the actress that was kind of the stand-in uh, for for being Leia's body and not her face, you know. Uh, but there is some special features on the Rogue One set that you can check out a little bit about recreating uh, her and, of course, Governor Tarkin there, which I think which they did a better job. This week. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think oh, they did definitely. a better job at Leia than they did at Tarkin. <laughs> But I'm able to go with it. I know Tarkin, he, you can tell he, he looks like a cartoon a little bit, but I'm still just excited to see him there. So mm-hmm. we should probably move on, though, because I could babble on that all day. <laughs> now, the uh, second uh, recipient this year will be Clyde Jerry Geronimi. Uh, he joined the Disney Studios back in 1931, and he was uh, – animated several memorable Mickey Mouse, Silly Symphony, as well as Pluto cartoons. He actually contributed to more than 50 of the shorts that the studio made. Uh, he also was a sequence director uh, in Victory Through Air Power from 1943, and as well as The Three Caballeros, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Cinderella, Peter Pan, and 101 Dalmatians. Uh, he directed segments for uh, TV's Mickey Mouse Club, and he also contributed to episodes of of the wonderful world of color. He was also the supervising director for the 1959 animated classic Sleeping Beauty. And I'll tell you, I know we've mentioned uh, Floyd. Um, uh, I just blanked out on this. Floyd name. Norman. Yes, <laughs> Floyd Norman, who his stories from working on uh, Sleeping Beauty uh, really say that it was the best of the best of the best of the Disney studio working on that film. So this really is an honor for uh, Mr. Geronimi. Yeah, and Sleeping Beauty has a look and a style all its own with the backgrounds and everything. It is a beautiful film. 
uh, which maybe is why I hated Maleficent, uh, the movie, so much. But uh, side story. I, I won't get into that. I'm trying to be happy and positive. And we're talking about how much I love the Sleeping Beauty film because it's gorgeous. Uh, oh, yes. Just the, the art style of that. Oh, my goodness. Because they really did pull from those old Renaissance-style tapestries. And uh, if you haven't seen Sleeping Beauty, that's definitely – you, you got to check it out. Uh, I think they've released it a few times on Blu-ray now. <laughs> Uh, and even recently, within the last couple of years, when Maleficent came out, so I mean, but I mean, I, you already put you know he's working on Peter Pan and, and Sleeping Beauty. I mean, you you've got me in right there. Plus, you know, oh, Ichabod yeah. and Mister yeah. Toad. Uh, he definitely. Or I'm surprised he's not already already listed as a legend with all this mm-hmm. work he did. Well, definitely, and it's it's uh, well well deserved. Definitely. Next on the list is Manuel Gonzalez, and he's one of 33 artists that was selected from thousands of applicants that wanted to join Disney in 1936. So in 1938, he actually got the penciling duties on the Sunday Mickey Mouse comic strip from Disney legend Floyd Godfredson. You thought I was going to say Floyd Norman, didn't you? Didn't you? <laughs> well, he brought Mickey Mouse to newspapers nationwide for nearly 40 years. Uh, as this is a comic strip that starred Mickey Mouse, and it appeared in 120 newspapers around the world with a circulation that was more than 20 million readers every week. And he's actually one of the few. He actually got a Mouse Car Award from Walt Disney himself in 1966. I've gotten to read some of these. They started reprinting some of these. These were really fun. Uh, oh yeah, you know, I love comic strips anyway. But you know, a Mickey Mouse comic strip—it uh, was—it uh, was great stuff. And I think you really kind of have to give some credit to you know doing the comic strip to where you later had some Disney comics and even characters that were created that were you know not—they were Disney, but they weren't really Disney created. Like you know Scrooge McDuck having a comic book. I think you can connect it all together that they knew it would work for having Mickey Mouse in newspapers. They knew that you could create a comic book and have a little bit of that Disney style art come out and it would it would be successful. Although we have been reprimanded many times that Scrooge McDuck wasn't created at all by a Disney company and so we definitely want to remember um I forgot the name of the Carl Barks. Carl Barks. We want to definitely remember him (laughs) and all of his great work. And I think he's already a Disney legend because he deserves to be a Disney legend too because Carl Barks did so much stuff. And oh, definitely. We definitely want to credit him because I don't want to get yelled at at the next comic convention that I talk to because he's coming to Planet Comic Con. The guy that also worked on the uh, Scrooge McDuck comics and oh, yeah, Don Rosa. Yes, I, I should not have mentioned Disney to him because he I, he didn't like that. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, no, but, but but you know, because I'm a Disney fan, that means we love your characters that you worked on with them and, and Carl Barks, and we love it. But okay, next person on the list. <laughs> next one is. Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill. Yay! <laughs> now, Mark, his roots actually can be traced all the way back to working on General Hospital for ABC. What? <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, really, today, certainly he's known for being Luke Skywalker. He's a prolific voice actor. Of course, we've heard him uh, in uh, non-Disney productions such as Batman the Animated Series. Uh, we've heard him... <laughs> I had to throw that in. Okay. Uh, it, he, he has worked on some uh, Disney series recently, uh, Miles from Tomorrowland, as well as Milo Murphy's Law. Wow. Um, but uh, certainly, again, we know him best as the voice of the Joker from the Batman animated series. Uh, he won a BAFTA award for that. Um, you know, we didn't hear from him in the last Star Wars movie, though. Yeah, we didn't hear from him, but we got to see him at least. Yes, and we will definitely hear more from him in The Last Jedi coming out later this year. Yep. Oh, and the almost forgotten other comic book villain he played, he was the Hobgoblin in the Spider-Man 1994 animated series. That's when, true, yes. When you listen, you realize it's almost the same vocal tone of uh, of the Joker, but it's 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 a very different kind of character and everything, but it's still you can still recognize his voice when you really listen. Uh, and actually, recently... Uh, I hope everybody has been a fan of Bad Lip Reading. Uh, that's a YouTube channel. They recently did a Bad Lip Reading for The Force Awakens, and they actually got Mark Hamill to play Han Solo, and he nails Harrison Ford spot oh. on. Oh, wow. Yeah, that that is such an amazing likeness. Oh, yes. Um, you know, a, another Disney-related uh, voice that he did, uh, he played the gargoyle in the animated uh, Incredible Hulk series from the 90s. Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, 
Well, there was one more credit I just thought of, but it's past my mind now. <laughs> well, but yeah, definitely. A, what, The Giver? Yeah, but, I think some old <laughs> low-budget movie uh, I remember seeing like him that. in. But, Wing uh, Commander but 4. <laughs> but he's certainly, um, you know, much more so than Carrie Fisher. He's been a part of the Disney family on several different productions. Yeah. So it's definitely good, again, to see him receive this award as well. He's even voiced Wolverine in a video game once. Um, oh, there you go. I can't remember which it was. It was connected, I think, to the Wolverine Origins movie. They they released like a uh, Wolverine game. Uh, might not have been Origins. I, you know, it was. It was he, it was more of the uh, comic book style, but it was kind of released in conjunction with one of the X Men films. But it was a Wolverine game, and I can't remember what it's called now. But it was Mark Hamill doing the voice of Wolverine, which. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have recognized him. He did such a different kind of take, and of course, it's Wolverine, so you sound like this, you know. So yes, another Disney Marvel connection right there. All right, excellent. But yeah, he'll always be remembered for being a DC character as the Joker, instead of all these Marvel characters that he's been. Well, that's okay. Well, and 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 don't forget uh, his role as the Trickster as well. Right, which he's awesome at, by the way. So if you're not watching the Flash on CW, check it out. Okay, so the next on the list is Wayne Jackson, and he is a Walt Disney Imagineer starting from 1965. He has been in with the development and installation of Disney attractions around the world. Uh, he trained actually in aircraft tooling and, of course, began as a technician and a machinist, and he was assigned to rebuild the shows from the 1964 to 65 New York World's Fair that were originally, you know, they were slated to be installed over at Disneyland. And he was actually instrumental in the early development of audio animatronics technology and that actually has a little copyright thing you know that is you know a disney thing right there uh but he went on to help create pirates of the caribbean and the haunted mansion and for that i thank him uh but he, of course that's at disneyland he started those you know the port over i'm sure he might have been involved uh but he had also worked on the construction and installation of attractions and show systems at walt disney world resort tokyo disney resort and disneyland paris we salute you wayne jackson for all of your work and you definitely earned your place as a Disney legend. Oh, most definitely. Oh, and you get to talk about this guy. After Mark Hamill, you're getting all the good ones. <laughs> Excelsior. Exactly. Yes. The next uh, recipient of the Legends Award is a man who talked about uh, uh, wood chips. And that's what Excelsior is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no. It is Stan Lee. Yay! You know, some guy got a job as an office assistant at his uncle's uh, comic publishing company, Timely Comics, back in 1933, which eventually became the powerhouse known as Marvel Comics. Yes. Stanley Lieberman went on to become Stan Lee. He teamed up with Jack King Kirby to create the Fantastic Four and ushered in the spectacular new age of comics. The fan, uh, he co-created... Uh, so many, so many characters. <laughs> Long list. I mean, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man. Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Doctor Strange, X-Men, Daredevil, Falcon, more and more. And uh, that guy doesn't stop. He doesn't. He just keeps going. I know, you know, his last uh, couple of um, Comic-Con appearances, he's had to cancel, unfortunately, due to health. Certainly wish him the best, but uh, it's great to see that he's being awarded as well. Yeah, and I hope he's able there to uh, walk by and accept the award. And I just wish I could be there to see him get it. Oh, yes. Because that would be awesome. I have at least gotten to see him live in person at, at uh, I guess, Planet Comic Con he was at last year. I didn't get to go to his panel, but I got to see him. All right. Well, you're one up on me there. Yep. All right. Next, we have Gary Marshall. Uh, you've probably heard of him before. I mean, he he was a writer for stuff like you know the Dick Van Dyke Show and the Lucy Show. But in 1970, he produced The Odd Couple for ABC. There's your Disney connection. And the first of many big hits he actually created for the network, uh, which you know, Happy Days, uh, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, Joni Loves Chachi. Okay, that one wasn't so much a hit. But he also produced <laughs> Angie, The New Odd Couple, and Blansky's Beauties for ABC. In addition to his television work, he's directed 18 films, including multiple films for Disney, like Pretty Woman. Yes, that is a Disney film. It's Touchstones, and it's an R-rated, you know, long story, right? Uh, also did The Princess Diaries with Julie Andrews and Anne Hathaway. Uh, Gary, oh, here's, here's a connection, real mm-hmm. quick. He also directed Pretty Women, or uh, not Pretty Woman, uh, Princess Diaries 2, which included a cameo from the previous recipient, Stan Lee. Really? Yes. 
I don't know if I can sit through Princess Diaries two to watch that cameo because I, I anytime I've tried to sit down on it, it's I'm it's not a good movie. And I noticed that the, like on the list, they don't mention that one. It wasn't a very good movie. My wife likes it, but it wasn't very good. But yeah, we can we can blame him for Anne Hathaway because really he launched her in the Princess Diaries. And uh, I I got a the, kind of a funny story. I remember going to some, I can't remember what movie it was. I was there with a friend of mine though, and we had the the trailer for Princess Diaries. And if you remember the trailer, it has her showing you where she's got the hair frizzed out and the glasses and all that stuff. And then they suddenly have the reveal. And I remember the friend I was with. You know, I'd seen the trailer like three times by by this point, I swear. But uh, I remember my friend going, "Whoa!" <laughs> when they pulled the thing around, and you saw Anne Hathaway there. Without the glasses and stuff, but yeah, funny story. Okay, maybe it's funny if you were there, but uh, yeah. made boy moose go <laughs> exactly. Uh, but he also has appeared in Race to Witch Mountain and Hocus Pocus. Yes, he was in Hocus yep. Pocus. He played the the guy dressed as the devil. And the funny enough is um, from Laverne and Shirley. You had Laverne there, uh, Penny and Penny Marshall. Aren't they actually yep, really his married sister. as well? Oh, no, his sister, brother and sister, brother and yeah. sister. But yeah, her playing the the wife there and coming in and and kicking the the Sanderson's sisters out of the house i love that movie that is a great one <laughs> now the next recipient is julie tamor and uh, if you've seen the lion king uh show from broadway I she was the director behind that uh, i'll tell you i got to see that show a few years ago and it is absolutely amazing what they did to translate this animated film about animals into a broadway presentation now um in fact, it says here that she changed the face of Broadway with her innovative direction. Lion King debuted in 1997. It became the most successful stage musical of all time, with 24 global productions seen by more than 90 million people. Now, the show's played in more than 100 cities in 19 countries. It received 11 Tony Award nominations, which earned her the Best Director, Costume Designer, and Best Musical. Uh, and she's currently directing M. Butterfly on Broadway, which is opening this fall. Also known as Madam Butterfly. Yes. So, yeah, great uh, great work there on The Lion King. Cause, and I definitely – I want to see it. I've heard so many good things about it. Uh, and, it, yeah, it's just such an interesting uh, visual take uh, on The Lion King story. And the music is wonderful. And really – it, it's something I think really you need to go see. <laughs> yeah. When I get a chance, I'm going. Now, this last one on the list, This when I first saw this, I was like, her? Really? What has she done for Disney? And I had to read this. Now, this is, this is kind of interesting. But are you all ready for this? Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, I know. You weren't expecting her to be a Disney legend, were you? But, okay, for 25 years, you know, she hosted the Oprah Winfrey Show. And it's, you know, that was, of course, 25 seasons in the United States. It is more than 100 countries around the world. But in 1998, she produced and starred in Beloved for Disney's Touchstone Pictures. Oprah also produced and starred in ABC's 1989 limited series, The Women of Brewster Place. And she went on to produce some films for ABC, which included Tuesdays with Maury, Before Women Had Wings, and Their Eyes Were Watching God. And that was all under the Oprah Winfrey's Presents banner. And here's the fun part. She voiced Eudora in The Princess and the Frog back in 2009. And she's actually going to co-star as Mrs. Witch in the upcoming 2018 film from Disney, A Wrinkle in Time. So, yes, Oprah Winfrey, Disney legend, and she actually has earned her stripes over at ABC. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, I think, again, this year they've got a great uh, set of uh Legends that are going to be given this award this year. I have to say I'm kind of surprised that uh, out of the trinity of uh, Star Wars stars, there's a name that's missing. Yeah, where's Harrison Ford? Well, you know, here's here's my thought, and we'll have to come back to this in two years. In 2019, we are getting a new Indiana Jones movie. Yes, we are. What better time, then? Have him come out in costume. Mm-hmm. I doubt that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that would be so cool. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't know, know that he would do it, but maybe he would. Yeah, maybe he would. I mean, there's uh, already you know a very strong Indiana Jones presence at Disneyland in Disneyland Paris, as well as the stunt show that's at uh, 
uh, in, or Disney Hollywood Studios out in Florida. Um, and again, uh, we know that Indiana Jones was part of the Lucasfilm deal. And hey, we've got this movie coming up, so why not? Yeah, and just for the heck of it, can they put Sean Connery into the, the Legends as well? Because, I mean, he's Sean Connery. I mean, well, granted. Yes, uh, most definitely. He is in, um, um, oh, golly. Uh, you know, in The Little oh. People. Um, oh, no. no and Darby you get O'Gill. Darby yes. O'Gill and yes. The Little People. So, see, he's been doing some Disney. And uh, he he does have a great role in an Indiana Jones film. So, I, I to me, that justifies Sean Connery. Make him a Disney legend. Because I love Darby O'Gill and The Little People. And he, he sings really pretty good in there. So, <laughs> Well, and, and you've also got The Rock. Um Touchstone, isn't it? With, yes, yes, with uh, with with um, Nicholas Cage, Crazy Eyes McGee. Yes, Nicholas Cage, <laughs> Crazy Eyes McGee. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, who knows? Maybe one day Nicholas Cage can get into the Disney Legends because we have well one good National Treasure movie. The second one I heard wasn't so great. There's a third one on the way, but you know he's done some Disney films, so maybe one day so Nicholas Cage. Well, yeah, see, so yeah, Nicholas Cage can get in there. So, yeah, we're, we are predicting the future of D23 Legends. Uh, but it looks like we're almost out of time, so we probably better wrap this thing up. All right. So, of course, we're going to thank everybody for coming along with us this week, and we hope you enjoyed. This is more of a live style, and I heard a, a few technical sound issues that came through that I don't know if I'm going to be able to fix, so I do apologize for those weird there's some sort of feedback it only happened a couple of times. So I apologize for that, but that is the nature of doing this as a live thing. But overall, I think this went pretty well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. This is a good thing. So we might be able to do this kind of more often and just let it flow. And, you know, maybe if we do these live a little bit more often, you know, it would be kind of fun to go and put these up on YouTube and actually have a, you know, a little video thing going so people can see us actually record this. I don't know if you'll get to see, you know, Eric and I are sharing some screens right now so we can share notes and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, you did miss a lot of the fun on video as while we're waiting and you're and we're doing the virtual ride. We were kind of playing with toys and, and stuff. And <laughs> so there's a lot of fun you might see, but I don't know if we'd let you watch all of our weird nonsense like that. But... <laughs> But we definitely thank you for coming and make sure you come back and make sure you go get yourself a copy of that T-shirt. Make sure you come to Planet Comic Con and also make sure you check out the Marvel Tooncast, which I know it's it's missing from iTunes. I'm having some technical issues. I'm working on getting it back. And everybody definitely come and see Eric and I. And of course, everybody say thank you for coming along with us, Eric. Thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll see everybody next time on the Neverland Podcast. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless. Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Yeah! You know what bugs me every week? I listen, I hear my say Jack San instead of Jackson. One of these mm. days, I should probably fix it. <laughs>